My name's Rob and I'm the host of Real Friends, a podcast dedicated to sharing the real stories of real friends with the belief that each one of us wants to be fully known and fully loved. Today, I share a conversation with a good friend of mine, Brent Sharp. Divorce clearly has an impact on all affected parties. This is especially true for kids when it happens early in life. Brent's parents got divorced when he was six years old which left him with a sense of insecurity and abandonment early in life. Brent's sense of insecurity, coupled with a lack of a strong male role model and father figure, thrust Brent into a lifestyle of drugs, alcohol, and unhealthy relationships, all in an attempt to escape the recurring pain and abandonment he experienced in life. Can a lifestyle of drugs, alcohol, and unhealthy relationships truly sustain a person for the rest of their life? Listen to my friend Brett Sharp's story and discover for yourself. This is Real Friends. All right, so I'm here with my good friend Brent Sharp. Brent, how are you doing? All right, Rob, how are you? Um, so how long have you and I been friends? How did we meet? What was kind of the, the genesis of your and my friendship? Oh, my gosh. Um, trick question. Trick question. Yeah. <laughs> what? Gosh, it's been probably, what, 12 years? Probably, yeah. I'm trying to think. Okay, so I was baptized at the crossing in 2006, and I know I've known you since then. Yep. So what is that? I'm, I don't know. You do the math. 15 years. Yeah, <laughs> 15 yep. years. Yeah, there 15, you go. Yeah, okay, yeah. that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so the way I like to start things out is by using the five love languages as an introduction to who you are and how you both express and receive love. Um, so you're familiar with the five love languages, right? I am. I remember reading that book. Yeah. Uh, for people who are unfamiliar with the five love languages, it's based upon a book written by Gary Chapman that groups our ability to both express love and receive love into five love languages. Those are, uh, for our listening audience, we have two dogs here on the deck with us, so they may occasionally be barking at times. We'll just have to deal with it. Um, so let's go ahead and just jump in. I will go through each one of the love languages and we'll see how they resonate with you. First of all, physical affection. How important is it to you? What does it look like these days? And how has it changed over time, especially as a married man? Um, the physical affection aspect of it hasn't really, I can't say it's really changed a whole lot. Uh, it ebbs and flows, really. Uh, I remember when Lori and I were first dating and everything, and we were always next to one another, holding hands. Uh, and then, you know, we, we've been married going on nine years now and like I said it ebbs and flows uh, when I realize that one of her love languages is physical affection that's when I jump back into it you know and I grab her hand or I hug her before I leave in the morning or something like that I'm always making sure that I'm hugging her gotcha. you know um, it's just that simple touch, that simple human touch that yeah. I think she appreciates more than anything. So who's the most affectionate person that you know? The most affectionate person that I know? Wow, that's a good question. Um, Do you have a niece or a nephew or somebody who's just a natural hugger? Well, my granddaughters. Ah, yeah. <laughs> you okay. know, um, I have a little granddaughter, six years old. Not biologically a granddaughter, yes. but uh, according to her parents, right. yeah, yeah, I'm the best example of a grandparent that they have, um, a grandfather, I should say. But Layla, Layla loves hugs. 
she loves to have her papa tickle her, yeah. you know, things like that. So yeah. I would have to say at six years old, she's probably the most affectionate person that I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Um, so how about quality time? What does quality time look like to you? And do you gravitate more towards active activities or passive activities? activities or both quality time for Lori and I is mostly passive I'd have to say because we are both so torn in different directions and things like that um, we so much love to just get home in an evening fix dinner sit down and eat dinner together and find a, a television show on Netflix or something like that you know it's just like we call it our stories mm. we like to watch our stories on Netflix but that's Really, from that point on, six, seven o'clock in the evening, uh, you know, I try to not work sometimes, you know, because I know that time is important to her. Um, so, what's your you stories that you're watching these days? What's your favorite Netflix that you're watching these days? <laughs> what we're watching right now is Queen of the South. Queen of the South. Yes, I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. Or... Uh, I don't have cable or internet, oh, so I'm okay. not not familiar with any of the um, shows. It's about a woman that was a drug mule, and she became the head of the Mexican cartel. If you're familiar with Breaking Bad, or if you've seen any of I've that, it. it's kind of like that, yeah. really. You, you you root for the bad guy. It's almost mm. kind of like, you yeah. know, she's running this cocaine cartel, but she finds herself in situations, you know, life-threatening situations yeah. that you're just kind of rooting for her, you know yep. it's 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 interesting we both kind of enjoy that stuff yeah. um so the third love language is words of <laughs> affirmation um how important is it to be affirmed encouraged or acknowledged for what you do and how important is it to hear those three simple words i love you words of affirmation are very important to me that's one of my primary love languages words of affirmation uh for reasons in the past, I was never really verbally affirmed. Uh, I was left to my own devices. And to Lori, it's very important, you know. And I tell her, you know, all the time, she's my princess, and I let her know that, you know. Right. <laughs> and she likes hearing that. We have a great sense of humor with one another, too. That's and good. part of that is, you know, we'll throw in words of affirmation in that. Along with that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And what was, I'm sorry, the last part Well, uh, and how important is it to hear those three simple words, I love you? I say that to her every time before I leave and at the end of every phone conversation during the day. Um, sometimes, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's sometimes I think it's almost just... Uh, Becomes rote? Or, routine yeah, or, right, you know... Yeah. But I'm always, the, the, when I sign off with her on the phone, it's like, okay, love you, bye. Yep. You know. Um, can you say I love you too many times? Can you say I love you too many times? Yeah. I think you can with Lori. With my wife, I think you can because um, she would rather see it demonstrated than just having me say I love you and not doing that something not doing something she might have asked me a day or two ago gotcha. you know yeah. um, actions speak louder than words yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and with her that's very true yeah. 
Um, I could say I love you all day long to her, and that doesn't really mean a whole lot unless I'm there's something behind it, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that something behind it is, you know, pretty much doing things for her. Well, that's a great segue into the fourth love language, acts of service. How important are acts of service to you um, versus, say, Laurie? And how could somebody serve you well in your different roles, either as a husband, an employee? It's How could you be served well? Acts of service uh, is a very easy thing to take for granted. But she holds down, when she's here, she holds down this fort very well. Um, and I mean that just by, uh, I like to eat, (laughs) okay? And she, you know, having her, and she loves to cook. So having her fix dinner for me is just huge, you know? And then she will surprise me every once in a while by, uh, doing some chores around here that I normally do. We talked earlier about how when I got home this afternoon, I blew the front patio off and cleaned that up and everything like that. She'll take on chores like that um, or just making sure that the house is kept up. It's a big job, you know, especially with animals running around and all that stuff. And she's great at it. She's great. Um, And it's important to her, too, for me to perform acts of service for her. Uh, There's a lot of things that I've done that I don't say anything about. And I see if she, I wait to see if she notices. And when she notices it, boy, look out. I'm the king. I've done all these great things, you know, and she can't get enough of it. She can't really get enough of it. So can you think of any recent examples where you've Um, done something, wait to see if she noticed? It's not yet completed, but we have a bird feeder out front. I don't know if you saw if you came in or not, but we have a bird feeder out there. And when I put it up, it was an attempt to keep all the raccoons and the squirrels from getting at it for the birds only. Well, it is relatively high, high for her. And it's difficult for her. She has to go out there with a step stool and unhook it, take it into the garage, put feeders in it. She had asked me uh, probably about a week ago to come up with some sort of pulley system (laughs) or lower it so she can get to it. Uh, so I've been working on a pulley system. Now I've got a prototype in progress and I don't have it up yet, but that's one thing that's kind of fallen off her radar, I guess is what I should say. So, and once I get that done, you know, I'll just let it go and see if she notices. But when she notices, it's huge. The sign out front that you noticed, she was in Florida with some girlfriends and uh, didn't say anything, didn't tell her my plans or what I was going to do or anything. And I put that up. You know, I, we had a bunch of flagstone and stuff, and I stood them up, buried them in the ground, just fixed that that plaque to it or whatever, and put the solar light on it. And when she came home, she was just blown away. So, And I didn't say a word to her about it, you know. Yeah, good, great, <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, so the last love language is gifts. How important are gifts to you? Are you kind of like a gift card person? Or do you like to personalize, be very intentional about your gifts? And what's the nicest gift that you have both received and given in the past couple of years? Hmm. Gifts, I'm not a big... Gotcha. Neither one of us are really big on gifts. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, Christmas time and stuff like that or, or our anniversary is 
I'll ask her, what do you want for, you know, what, what do you want for Christmas? I don't want anything. And it, the same goes for me, you know. She'll ask me, what do we, honey, we have enough. I don't, we don't need anything, you know. Let's just spend some of that quality time together. Just things, yep. you know, so uh, gifts are not that, you know. I enjoy them. I mean, when she surprises me with little, you know, gifts and things like that, I love it. But it's not, uh, you know. What's the best gift you've received over the past couple of years? Can you think of anything? Does anything jump out? It sounds so cliche, but my wife is probably one of the best gifts that I've been given. Yeah. You know. Uh, also, the granddaughters. When Steve and Amanda asked me, you know, we want you to be you. We want you to play a role in their life, yeah. and uh, they're going to call you Papa. That is an awesome gift. Yeah. That is yeah. an incredible gift. Yeah. Wow. yeah. You know. That is very very neat. Uh, yeah. That was pretty emotional. Yeah. That was pretty emotional yeah. for me because I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know if I could do this yeah. in a in a way, you know, that served God well and served yeah. those two little girls well. You yeah. know, it's just like, wow, I don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. so far it's been great. Yeah. It's been fun. No, that's a cool gift. Yeah. Um, and so, what do you think are Laurie's top one or two gifts? Thing is, how you've been married almost ten years now. Do you think you? Finally, pinned that down, figured that out. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, honest answer, no. Uh, <laughs> um, probably again, and it goes back to this. Uh, probably one of the best things, one of the best gifts I could give her is an act of service. Mm. Whether it's something as simple as changing the windshield wiper blades on her sure. car. Yeah. You know, yeah. something as simple as that, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, really, that's probably... Yeah. Okay, you know, serving her well. Yeah. Good. You know, that's probably one of the best things that she appreciates the most. Yeah. So that's the five love languages. Now I'd like to transition and talk about you and who you are right now. So during your current season of life, how would you define or describe... Brent Sharp, how would you describe your current season of life? Is it thriving exactly where you want to be? Is it spiraling and headed in the wrong direction? Or is it somewhere in between? How would you define Brent uh, Sharp? Yeah, I'd have to say it's on the somewhere in between, but on the higher side of high. Okay. Um, you know, I, I've had a lot of people ask me, when they ask me, who are you? Mm -hmm. You know, um, <laughs> It's funny because they, oh, you're the flooring guy. You're the, you know, you're the guy that doesn't know. I like to think I'm a child of God mm -hmm. is what I like to think I am. Yep. Uh, that's who I am. The flooring stuff and all that, the house remodeling, that's what I do. You know, um, you're going to have to refresh the question. That's who, that's who I am. You know, yeah. um, I'm a father. I'm a papa. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a hard worker, uh, and I will give you my all if you ask for it. Um, I will do everything I can to. And you're, you know. you've been in the flooring business for how long now? I started installing floors in 1984, so that's what, almost 30 years now? 
Yeah, even longer than like that, that, like 35 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My math is horrible. Right. Sorry. No, no, that's, that's okay. <laughs> this isn't a math test. So we don't have to worry about that. Um, uh, well, what I'd like to do then is go ahead and start at the beginning because the beginning, for better or for worse, forms the foundation for the rest of our lives. So tell me about what your childhood mm. years were like as a youth. What's your earliest memories as a child growing up? Mm. Were they good, bad, somewhere in between? Hmm. We got to go there, don't we? <laughs> we have to go there, yes. I can always cut no, this out um, of the interview later on if you don't like it. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, well, I mean, I know we've talked about it, but my one of the things that I remember the most about my childhood was uh, fear. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my parents were divorced, and looking back over time, I like to think I am the result of God's broken law. God, God abhors divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you take those vows, you're not just taking a vow with your wife. You're taking that vow with God. And if that vow is broken, consequences are bound to happen, in my opinion. you know. Um, and... I, I, you know, this is interesting because I have thought a lot about this recently. Yeah. Um, Why is that? I'm putting the pieces together and trying to figure out if, if that's, if these are just really feelings or if there's some actual logic behind yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Uh, I know in scripture it states God clearly abhors divorce. He hates divorce. Now, I also understand that there are certain parameters where it is accepted yeah how about the two people in divorce how does god feel about that um they're going to bear some of the consequences as well i have no question of that i've been divorced Mm -hmm. you know and i know i bear some of those consequences as well there's always broken hearts in a divorce uh and if you don't do something to fix that broken heart or if you don't uh that's the word i'm looking for therapy i guess or figure out if you don't figure out some way to get rid of that baggage before you enter in a, a new relationship or something like that it just plays chaos yeah. um but my childhood was you know there were happy times you know and i have to say most of the happy times that i remember with my grandpa my grandfather my uh, maternal grandfather um did he play a father figure role in your your life in a fun way, yeah, yeah. He always made my visits with him fun. Um, he, I go back to that action speak louder than words, and he, he demonstrated through action how much he cared about his two grandsons at that time. Yeah, you know. Um, how about your mom and dad? Did you feel loved by them? Uh, I know my mom did the best that she could. Yeah. Uh, she was dealing with a lot of guilt. I know that. Uh, and my biological father essentially disappeared for 10 years. Um, How old were you when that happened? Six. six. I was six years old when they were divorced. It was uh, it was just very traumatic. You know, sure. on a six-year-old little yeah, kid. Right. Uh, what did you think? Was <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that again? No, I just said, so at six years old, what did you think was what's going on was happening at that age? 
Or well, could you even put two and two together? At that no, I remember a lot of fighting, but the, the the sad part about all that was I can remember at six. My older brother was seven and a half. I'm six years old, and our parents sit us down and say, "Hey, listen, mommy and daddy are getting a divorce. Who do you want to go with?" Yeah, you know, um, that's a hell of a decision to put yeah. on a six year old right. kid. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, it is. I'm sorry, but that's messed up. Yeah. And so who'd you end up choosing, quote unquote, to go? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Quote unquote. I t- well, my older brother spoke up first and said he wanted to go with mom. And I wasn't about to be separated from the only other sense of safety and security that I had. So I went with my mom as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know how else to describe it other than it was just a mess. It yeah. was emotional, an emotional mess is what it was, you know. Yeah. Um, so your parents get divorced when you're about six years when old? When I'm six years okay. old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then take me forward then in terms of what did life look, life look like the next couple of years after that as you're, with it's six, let's see, you're not in school yet at six, are you? Or yeah, maybe you're in kindergarten. Right? Okay. So what is your first years of like elementary school look like? You know, it's interesting because I don't remember a whole lot about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, what do you remember? Those years, yeah. Those years? Um, it's interesting because I try and think about that and I really don't remember a whole mm-hmm. lot about, yeah. I don't remember a whole lot about first grade, second grade, third grade. third grade now I can start to remember uh, fourth grade at uh, St. George and Afton off the of Higgy Road um, and then we moved to Jefferson County and I started fifth grade at St. Joseph's uh, now those were some those were some messed up years for me as well I was ridiculed uh, I was the city kid uh-huh. and at that time Jefferson County was very rural very country uh, the kids out there my age all rode motorcycles, dirt bikes, and, you know, I'm still stuck in my books and, you know, playing Monopoly and stuff like that, you know. Uh, so I was different, and I was ridiculed for that, of course. You know? um, so were you able to develop any friends when you moved out to Jefferson County? One in particular at that time, a uh, guy by the name of John Morse, uh, and only because he was ridiculed as well, yeah. you know. Uh, we were kind of the outcasts, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so we bonded, you know. Yeah. Um, so how do you think that impacted you back in grade school? Um, it made me feel very insecure, uh, less than. Yep. On top of the feelings that I'm carrying around from having, you know, a divorced mother and father, mm-hmm. and uh, not, not, I never had any real male strong male yeah. role model in yes. my life good point um good point. so it was kind of like uh you're on your own good luck with that kid yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. um so it was um it was interesting it yeah. was uh, to say the least uh, i bonded with john and things went downhill from there <laughs> yeah. um so downhill in what way so elementary school now you, you move into high school what were those years like uh high school um 
I was just in eighth grade. That's junior high, I guess, is when I got involved with. Uh, and I'll, bear in mind, this is a Catholic grade school. I went to Catholic grade schools. I went to Catholic high schools, and you know, it's supposed to be God centered and everything like that. But I rejected all that, and I got involved with uh, alcohol and drugs. Okay. You know, um, again, going back to the fact that I never had a strong male role model. I was doing what everybody else was doing. Uh, that was a, a mechanism of escape. You know, it was a way to feel better about myself. Yeah. A way of fitting in. Yeah. You know. So was there a lot of peer pressure during that stage, that season of your life, to do stuff like drugs and alcohol? Um, were there certain cliques where in order to fit into that clique you had to do drugs or alcohol? Or were there other cliques where it's the exact opposite? You had to keep your nose clean. Um, and did you fit in any particular click in those years? Now, in high school, I, I mean, I was very outgoing to everybody. You know, um, the athletes, uh, they called them the burnouts at the time, yep. and everything in between. I was very outgoing. Yeah. I was a, how do you want to say it? I was a chameleon. Mm -hmm. Um could, could adapt to whatever peer group that you were hanging out with. You could kind of morph yourself. To yeah, get in. yeah, yeah, yeah. I could be whoever you wanted me to be. Yeah, right. You know. Yeah. Um, and so how long did that continue? Oh, wow. Um, see, from eighth grade, I guess that was, what, 15? Uh, oh, that was about 23. Like I said, I'm no good at math. Yeah. That, that segment of my life went on for... 24. It was about 23 or 24. Yeah. Okay. That segment of my life was uh, just bad. Yeah. <laughs> Very involved in alcohol and drugs and, and you know, a lot of uh, sin, yep. if you will. Unhealthy relationships? Very. Yes. <laughs> To, Very unhealthy, yeah. Seem to go together. Yeah. Um, so you kind of mentioned this before, but your faith walk. What was your faith walk like at that stage, that season of your life? Was it real and personal? Was it um, um, obligatory, forced on you, or just non-existent? Well, it was, I mean, like I said, in the Catholic grade schools, it was forced on me. The one thing that... Uh, the one thing that I could appreciate, I can now appreciate about the Catholic high school was they didn't so much uh, ram the Catholic faith down my throat. Yeah. Uh, they pretty much made it clear that it was the only right one, yeah. <laughs> but they did expose me to a number of different faiths: uh, the Jewish faith, you know, Hindus, uh, uh, Buddhists. You know, they exposed me to their beliefs uh jehovah's witnesses this is what they believe this is you know um it was so god wasn't really forced down my throat he just wasn't cool enough for me at that time uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying How so? I mean, um what made god not seem cool to you at that age What was cool to you at that age? Oh, what was cool to me at that age yeah. was um, concerts, Six Flags, you know, hanging with friends and, and smoking marijuana and, 
and trying to get my hands on alcohol and things like that. That's what was cool. That was, at that point in my life, that's all that, I, I mean, that was the central focus of my life at that point in time. Gotcha. Uh, God, so, I knew in the back of my mind, in the back of my head, I knew God, I'm thinking God's going to condemn, I'm thinking God's going to condemn me for all the stuff I'm doing, so, you know. And I really didn't know. I knew of a God. Let's put it that way. Right. I knew of a God. I knew of this guy named Jesus Christ. Uh, but I really didn't explore him and didn't care to. Yeah. You know? So take me on that trajectory. Um, how long did that season or phase of your life last? Uh, for about nine years. Okay. Um, and then... Uh, I basically just got sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know, is what it boiled down to. And I had an example in my life of someone who lived the same way I did, was doing all the same things I was doing. Um, he turned his life around and, referring to my older brother, huh? he had turned his life around. He quit drinking He and he quit partying and... And I saw something change in him. Um, and what do you attribute that to, the change in his life? I well, I mean, I understand. I attribute it to... <laughs> um, he was essentially, through the court system, forced to go to AA, to Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, through the court systems. But I'm... I have become aware of the fact that um, Alcoholics Anonymous is a very, uh, the principles are very spiritual. Uh, and I don't know how to say it. They can lead you back to God. And that's what it did for me. But I wanted to know more about this God that I was, you know, that I knew played a role in the change of my behavior. I knew this God had something to do with me, or relieving me of that desire to basically kill myself is what I was doing. Uh, I got to a point to where I wanted to know, I wanted to know more about this person. Uh, and how old were you when this happened? When you began uh, I was to 23 or 24, 20, something okay. like that. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, something like that. Okay, so prior to this point, that, that point of wanting to know more about who, who God really was, um, what do you think was or were the major milestones or turning point in your life? In hindsight, what do you think was your major challenge growing up during this life? How did it impact or shape you for the next season of life that you're rolling into? It could either be relational, school, self-image, spiritual, emotional, peer pressure. Um, <clears throat> I have to say that Alcoholics Anonymous forced me to take a look at myself. Okay. Um, and when did you start attending them? I think it was about 23. Okay. It was 19... Oh, gee, many Christmas. 90? Okay. Something like that. 
Yeah, okay. somewhere in 1990, 89, 90. Uh, but it, it essentially forced me to take a look at myself. Yeah. Uh, admit my fault. For lack of a better way of saying it, taking a personal inventory. Yeah. You know, uh, if a business doesn't take an inventory, they don't know what they have on their shelves. They don't know how much it costs. They don't yeah, know, you right. know. Uh, and it's basically the same way emotionally uh, and spiritually with Alcoholics Anonymous. So they forced me to take a look at myself, uh, look at the people that I had hurt, you know, why I hurt them, um, and essentially make amends to those people. Yeah. You know. Uh, make a living amends to those people. If I stole $250 from you sometime way back when, uh, I would hand you $250 and say, hey, this is what happened. You know, I was wrong. Yeah. I need to make this right. Yeah. You know, and basically what it boils down to yeah. in all the situations. It forced me to look at myself, uh, and, and I have to be honest, there was a lot of therapy involved in that too. Yeah. Particularly, particularly when before Lori and I got married, yeah. you know, there was a little bit of uh, therapy there too, helping me understand why I did some of the things I did, why I do some of the things I do. Yeah, you know, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> you Still know today. Yeah. Um, so you're in your early twenties. Uh, let's go ahead and move on then from how. Um, in conjunction with AA, now you're, when did you start your, your career? Tell me how you chose your current career path. Oh, my career path was not, <laughs> well. Like when you were growing up as a kid, did you always think, I want to be a flooring specialist? No, no, okay. no. I really didn't. Again, it goes back to not having a whole lot of instruction in life. I didn't know what I was doing. No. I just knew I needed to get a job to make money to buy more alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of what it boiled down to. So when I got out of high school, uh, I'm graduated high school, and I'm thinking, you know what? There is no way I'm going to four, four more, more years, years of school. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm going to get out in this world, and I'm going to make right. my millions. You yeah. know, <laughs> There's a lot of kids who think that. Yep. Um, so I needed a job. A buddy of mine uh, got me a job driving a forklift in a flooring warehouse. Uh, had never driven one of those things in my life, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and now I'm sitting on one and I'm loading vans and unloading trucks and everything. It wasn't too difficult. Uh, did that for, I don't know, maybe two, three years and decided I didn't want to work in a warehouse in my 50s, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I had enough wherewithal to figure out I better learn a trade, you know. And, uh, I went to the owner of the company and said, hey, I essentially want to better myself, you know? Yeah. So they found a guy that was willing to, uh, willing to. You became his apprentice. I became his apprentice, yep. yes. And, and I taught you the trade. And worked for him for, gosh, I've known Glenn for, well, 28, 29 years or better. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, so. What were some of the challenges that you faced as you pursued a career like this? And how do you think they've helped shape you into who you are today? Like, you're wow, obviously, a, I personally know that you're a very hard, dedicated worker. Yeah. You'll spend time not only working full-time on your job, 
But then when you have opportunities outside of work, you're also very dedicated to yeah. work outside of work. It's, um, there are a couple things behind that. It's a creative process, mm-hmm. for one. I mean, if you think about it, I'm taking something old and making it new. And yeah. the process of doing that and seeing the, almost, seeing the results, yeah. you know, is very rewarding. Yeah. Um, it takes a little bit of knowledge, but it's not rocket science, <laughs> you know. And I think part of it is uh, my people-pleasing aspect, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, It's one thing I know how to do. It's one thing I know how to do well. And if I can do it for you, let's do it. Yeah. You know, that's kind of... I never really chose that career. It was just something that kind (laughs) of came at me. It paid the bills. Yeah, it paid the bills. And it paid, you know, it pays the bills very well today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are the, even though you maybe didn't initially choose that field or career, what are the rewards in your current field? Money, obviously. Yeah, that's, that's one of them. That's one of them. Um, I guess the, what I can say to that is, is something, you know, after doing it for so long, it's still something I enjoy doing. Yeah, good. You know, uh, while it's just a job, you gotta love what you're doing. You know, you don't want to be miserable doing what you're doing. Yeah. I tried a different a, a different aspect of my job. I tried sales, you know, selling flooring and things yeah. like that a few years back. And I didn't realize how miserable I was. Hmm. I hated that oh, portion of yeah. it. I've got to be doing something, yeah. you know. So. You're a hands-on type. Yeah, yeah. So if you could have done anything else in your life, um, Career-wise, job-wise, business-wise, what would it be? I always had an interest in the sciences. Hmm. You know, yep. astronomy, yep. Uh, chemistry, yep. um, any aspect of science I find pretty fascinating. Yep. So, yep. had I given it any thought, I probably would have gone to school for four more years to get a degree in biology or something yeah, like sure. that. You know, yeah. if I knew what I was doing. But yeah, those are the things that kind of interest me. I would love to do electronics, you know. What was that? We have a helicopter <laughs> flying over our drive house. So some unpredicted noise. If you kind of roll it, just got to deal with it, right? Yeah. And I thought this was going to be a nice, quiet place right. to sit down yeah, and do yeah. this. Little did we know some of the challenges and obstacles that we have faced. Um, so, would you recommend this field to others? And either why or why not? Would I recommend my field, the yeah. field I'm in, to others? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Like I said, it's a skill that's being lost. I know mm-hmm. that much. Ah, why is that? You know. Um, because there's really the, there's no way they can automate what you guys do. No, right? you're right about that. But um, I guess, and maybe I'm just showing my age here, but there's a lot of... The, I noticed that the kids that are being taught how to do this today yeah. uh, are being shown a lot of shortcuts. Uh-huh. And that affects the overall picture. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Uh, I like to think I was taught to do it right yeah. and don't take shortcuts. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so what would be a shortcut, for example? Oh... <sighs> If I had to generalize it, uh, hurry up and get it done and worry about what it looks like later. Yep. As opposed to, there's a lot of prep work involved. 
Gotcha. You know, um, yep. and if you don't do the prep work right, prep work right. Yep. You know, most installations at some point will fail. Yeah. 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 Um, and while it might look good immediately, if you don't, if you take all the shortcuts and don't do the prep, it's gonna. Yeah. Sure. Um, so let's talk about relationships. First of all, you're a dad. You have a son. Mm -hmm. um, how old were you when you had Brandon? 30. 30? Okay. 30, 31. Yeah. And what sort of challenges and rewards have you had raising a son? Um, the challenges not being involved as much as I'd like to be tell when he more. was younger. Yeah, tell me more. You know, um, his mother, the relationship between his mother and I was not a healthy one from the beginning. Um, I was still very selfish in this relationship. And, uh, I think, I mean, I don't want to put any baggage on her, but I know she came from a very, she came from a very unhealthy place yeah. in her childhood as well. And when you combine the two, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just chaos. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when Brandon was born, she really uh, didn't want me to have any part of his life. How do you think that's impacted Brandon? Wow, that's an interesting question and a tough answer. I recently had a visit with my nephew, my older brother's son, mm -hmm. who is a year younger than my son. And it's probably not fair, but I was doing a comparison. Gotcha. And yeah. um, just the difference in maturity levels. I love my son, and the kid is smart as a whip. He's a very book-smart kid. Unfortunately, I don't know how much real-life experience he's had. Um, and if I have to say it, I think on an emotional level, he's very immature. Another result of divorce. If you ask me. Yeah. So how do you think? So were you actually married to his mom? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and so how do you think you talked about how divorce impacted you when your mom and dad got divorced? How do you feel like divorce impacted Brandon when you and his mom got divorced? Um, well, Brandon was born before we got married. Gotcha. So, and he was very, very young. He was two years old when we got married. I thought you were going to say he was young when he got born. Uh, they're, they're all young when they get born. Right? They're all brand new and young right, when they're born. They're all young. <laughs> no, um, he was very young when we got married. He was two years old. Um, and our marriage only lasted three months. Uh, so he really doesn't know any different. 
Okay, he just knows that daddy is some guy that he goes to visit one evening a week and every other weekend and on certain holidays and things like that. Um, so, all he really knows is the time that he spends with his mother and his stepdad. And they're two very different people than what right. I am. Yep. You know, they are both very very well educated um, and it's that education that's going to take you somewhere uh, but you have to continually pursue that education um, I like to think I live life you know <laughs> um, and it's just different you know yeah. we're, we're just two different people sure. um, and he has become a different person other than the one that I, the idea of my son I had in my head, which so, in some aspects I tried to impose on him. Yeah. So yeah. what was that image that you had of Brandon? How did, how did you expect Brandon to turn out? Or what was it that you were envisioning that you don't see in him right now? Um, right now, um, I see a very reserved, quiet shy kid um, often forgetting that I was the same way well I was going to ask you, do you know? <laughs> what do you see in Brandon that reminds you of yourself uh, the same kind of stuff yeah. you know fortunately he hasn't chosen the path that I chose <laughs> <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> um, but he became like I said he's very quiet very intelligent um, what do you think he's going to be when he grows up? Does he have any aspirations? To yeah, he's into the, he's into uh, the computer software development. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he's a gamer. Gotcha. You know, and he's interested in developing these games and things like that. Yeah, that's that's his interest. He also has a a small interest in architecture. Yeah. Um, he likes to draw and build things. You know. Like a, he can do anything, really. He really could do anything he wanted to. Mm -hmm. He's just that smart, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so if you could tell Brandon one thing right now, what would that be? Wow. That's a good question. You know... The first thought that comes to mind is, I'm sorry. Hmm. Tell me more. Um, like I said earlier, uh, sometimes I feel like I tried to impose hmm. my vision for him on him uh, instead of just letting him be who he is. Um at 30 years old still being too selfish and not you know and not facing up to the fact that listen you need to be a little bit more selfless you have a kid here that you need to raise and participate you know yeah um, yeah <laughs> i can say i can say son i love you to the end of the earth you know um and i think one thing that uh, 
I don't get enough of, and that's probably one thing I don't get enough of that I crave is the opportunity to show him that. Yeah. Um, because we are so different now, he really doesn't have any desire to spend any time here. Um, or uh, about the only time we get together is on holidays when at all the large family gatherings, Fourth uh, of July is coming up. That's always been a traditional thing. You know, we uh, like to shoot off hundreds of dollars worth of fireworks and things like that. <laughs> and that's one time that he really genuinely seems to enjoy. Yeah. Um, he's just that generation of kid that's always involved in their tech and electronics and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. What do you think Brandon enjoys most about you? My sense of humor. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I we didn't get into this, but I always, I've always thought that humor is the sixth love language. Mm-hmm. And the reason I don't want to share this because I'm going to write a book about it. Okay. I'm going to retire. Okay. I'm going to quit my job. So I'll, I'll delete that clip. I from will the, support you any yeah, way I can in that, and I look forward to that. <laughs> humor is the sixth love language. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, what do you think is Brandon's love language? Number one or number two love language? I'm going to be honest and tell you I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know. Yeah, I enough. honestly don't know. Yeah. Um, so, under the category of relationships, marriage. Did you ever think you would get married? How old were you when you got Well, first of all, how old are you now? Uh, 55. Okay. Um, so, did you ever think you would be getting married in your 40s? No. Okay. No. After everything that I went through with Brandon's mom and that marriage that lasted 30 days, or I'm sorry, three months, you know, I was done. Yeah. You know, I was just like, okay, I'm not doing this again. Sure. You know, yeah. uh, I don't want to go through this pain. I don't want to go through this heartache. Uh, I was done. Yeah. I was like, I'm okay being single. Yep. You know, I'm okay being by myself. Yeah, that's. Yeah. So what? What changed that then? Meeting someone that had a lot of uh, a lot of the same qualities and characteristics that I had, as far as humor, uh, you know. I mean, yeah, just meeting someone who understood me, you know, uh, someone who understood where I came from. Yeah. Um. trying to remember one of the things that she felt was most important about me and I can't remember it off the tip but she she I, I don't know how to say it. she gets me yeah you know that's important she knows what I'm thinking before I say it <laughs> you know which is kind of scary sometimes yeah. <laughs> you know um it's kind of I mean we've like I said, we haven't even been made. It'll be 10 years in February. Yeah. And we both jokingly, and we agree, it feels like we've been married for 40. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Is that I a mean, good thing the, or a bad thing? No, that's a good thing. I mean, in my mind, I'm, I don't know what well, she thinks good. about it, but in my that's mind, sweet. I think it's because she knows me inside and out. Yeah. You know, and she, like I said, she knows what I'm thinking. She knows what I'm going to say. She knows where I'm going to be. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah. You know? 
And so how did you and Laurie meet and how did you and Laurie finally get engaged and how did you and Laurie finally get engaged? <laughs> Good question. Yeah. And I love this question, yeah. actually. Um, I was done dating the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough at church to find this class called Boundaries in Dating. Uh, and uh, the pastor at our church, Greg, was talking to me one Sunday when he was talking about marriage and healthy relationships and uh, what I was doing had failed you know and I was done Um, and then this I at the time they hit a little bulletin and I saw this thing on there this class you could sign up for this class called boundaries and dating and I thought why not I got to lose right exactly yeah yeah yeah. what have I got to lose let's try it you know Um, and it was great (laughs) you know it was awesome but Lori was uh one of the table facilitators in this class and she told me later on how impressed she was with me that I actually did the homework that was assigned and Ah. I actually I was I was she could tell I was serious about this I wanted to do this dating thing God's way and she could tell that you know so that's where we met you know, she was yeah. a table facilitator. I was a student, if you will, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, I think the following semester, they asked me to facilitate a table or something like that, if I remember correctly. And, uh, you know, uh, she and I facilitated a table together. And, you know, it's just a, a friendship from that, just, just a friendship. Yeah. Part of my issue was I never had any safe female friends. Yeah. And she became one of those. Yeah. So how uh, important is that as the kind of the foundation for anything more than friendship? How important is it to first of all have that good, healthy, honest friendship? Uh, very important. Yeah. It's something. That's the only reason I have a successful marriage today. Yeah. That's the only reason I have a successful friendship with my wife today. That's the only reason. You know. Um, because we have a good, solid foundation. Uh, I needed safe female friends who wouldn't let me manipulate them, wouldn't let me take advantage of them, wouldn't let me use them. Yeah. So what does friendship with a woman look like before things become romantic? How would you describe that, define that? Same thing. You're an eye friendship. <laughs> you know? I mean... Spend time with one another. Mm-hmm. Share with each other what's going on in your lives. Um, and more importantly, don't feel judged and don't judge. Yeah. You know, uh, that's huge. When she did, did that. She did that. Yeah. You know? When did you know that your relationship with Laurie was going to be more than just friendship? That you were eventually going to ask her to be your wife? When did I know that? Yeah. Probably close to 10, 9 or 10 months. Yeah, I'm going to say probably close to 9 or 10 months after we met each other. Yeah. You know. Um, forgive me for saying this, but one of the things I love about Lori the most is she'll call me on my bullcrap. 
Good. <laughs> you know, you, you know, need people like that. And they, yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's yeah. what I need. Yeah. That's yeah. what I need. Amen. Nope. You know, yeah. that's what I need. And she's good at that. Yeah. And still today, she's yeah. good at that. You know. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Um, so tell me your favorite thing about being married. This is a PG rated podcast, right? <laughs> you can figure out a way to phrase it PG. Yeah. <laughs> You like the physical intimacy aspect? I love the physical yeah. intimacy. Okay. You That's know. good. Um, Hooray for good marriages. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Only because only because I'm doing it within the confines of a marriage. Yeah. Now, I stated earlier in the past that I, I had a tendency to use and manipulate women yeah. for my own gratification. Yeah. Uh, there was always the guilt that came yeah. after. You know, always the guilt. And with my wife. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Funny story about our honeymoon, but, you know. <laughs> Can I, you share? Uh, I, I asked her, I said, did you feel that? Did you feel that? And she was like, what? 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 <laughs> and I'm like, no guilt. No <laughs> guilt. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so on the flip side, tell me what the biggest challenge regarding marriage is. And do you think marriages are more challenging during this current era that we're in? Or do you think marriages have always Not been challenging? Not for us. Yeah. I wouldn't say. I don't ever feel like my marriage is threatened. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the biggest challenges... For us, is me listening. Gotcha. Yeah. You know that's probably one of the biggest challenges for our marriage is me just listening to yeah. her, uh, listening to what she's saying. Are you a Listen fixer? Whenever she oh, says absolutely, something, you absolutely, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to fix it right now. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've come to the conclusion that during this, it probably should have been like this my entire life, but in particular during this season of my life, that I'm not here to fix anybody or change anybody. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like more so than any other stage or season of my life that I'm called to love people as unconditionally as possible, which is you can't do that in and of your own strength, right? Oh, and absolutely. That to me not. is where being mm -hmm. a, a Christ follower is. It, it, it just. You can't do it unless you're a Christ follower. Yeah, right. Um, Agreed. Even then, it's challenging, right? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you weren't a Christ follower. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, know? I, there were seasons in my life when I was not a Christ follower. Uh, think about how challenging right? that was. Right? And those relationships all ended up in disaster. Uh -huh. so, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so let's revisit today in your current season of life. What's most important to you in 2021? And what are you most grateful for these days? It could either be family, friends, God, career, health, peace yeah. of mind. What is it? All of the above. Yeah. Good <laughs> answer. Know. Good answer. Yeah. Yeah. You know. No, that's great. Um, I I try not to. I, I essentially try to live life one day at a time. I wake up in the morning. Uh, I talk to God. I don't have any specific prayers. Uh, 
I do ask God, you know, if it's your will, please have me conform to your will. Um, and then I move on and I'm thinking about other people, you know, uh, my prayers for family members, you know, my, my prayers for friends, uh, God help me keep my mouth shut today, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> or don't say anything stupid today, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it's just kind of one day, one step at a time, um, and, you know, just, I don't know how to say it, but just roll with it, you know? Yeah. Um, well, you went there, so let's kind of go there. What's your faith life like today? How has your faith played a part in your journey and changed since back in your uh, Catholic grade school days? Uh -huh. And how do you think it's impacted the choices and decisions you've made in your life, in your relationships? Wow. That's a great question. Um, number one, I know I'm going to heaven. Okay. That how takes do you know a, that? How do I know that? Yes. Because I've accepted Jesus in my yeah. life. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have this relationship yeah. with yeah. Jesus and, yeah. and you know, uh, so I know I'm going to heaven. That takes a lot of pressure off. It does. <laughs> I mean, it does. Yeah. It takes a heck of a lot of pressure yeah. off, you know. Yeah. Um, this life is not the finish line. Right. We have a whole yeah. eternity ahead of us. Yep. And when you start thinking about things in terms of the fact that this is just a small little snippet or slice, yeah. the things that the sacrifices yeah. we can do, the way we can love, the way we can put up with stuff, it just makes it minuscule in comparison to all eternity mm -hmm. that we're going to end up spending. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. This is a minute. In millions of years. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so how did you get to the point or stage you're at right now in your faith life? How did it change or what caused the, the change from back in the Catholic grade school days? Uh, like I said, I mean, I, I think I mentioned it earlier. I was aware of this God. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to know more about him. If I could believe in what was said about him. What That's, was said about him? That was, well... What did you wrestle uh, with? Um, that he's a good God in the midst of seeing, like, all this the turmoil that's going on? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of the, the, the typical questions, you know, how could God let something happen to little children yeah. and things like, yeah. you know, stuff right. like that that sure. if you didn't put a whole lot of thought into or if you didn't investigate it a whole lot, you would just see this God as a condemning, you know, tyrant yeah. or something like that. And I knew that wasn't, somehow, in the back of my mind, I knew that wasn't, you know, I believe that God whispers to us, mm -hmm. you know. I do believe that. Um, he gives us a conscience, and that conscience is kind of like a direct line to him. And some days I choose to pick up that line, and other days I choose to try and ignore it but it's yeah. still there yeah. <laughs> you know it's still there yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. if that answered the question I don't know. <laughs> so what do you think of the biggest challenges that you face during your current season of life and it could either be health uh, relationship like you're talking about your son it could be yeah. planning for retirement it could be some a spiritual 
could be purpose in life. Maybe you're wrestling deep down inside of what's your purpose in life. What's the biggest challenge that you face in life today? Rob, that's a great question, and I don't... I, probably the biggest challenge would be keeping my wife happy. <laughs> you know? No, really. And, and I mean that. It's like, I don't know, I don't know that we have a whole lot of challenges or concerns. Yeah. Um, and I'm just being honest. We... And all of this could change tomorrow. But... We are financially secure. Yeah. Um, we are secure in our marriage. Yeah. Uh, well, that's I, good. There's I certainly think, no shame in feeling that way. That's yeah, awesome. You know, our biggest challenge, I think our my biggest challenge has been uh, remaining in contact or staying in touch with the church community. Mm-hmm. You know? That's probably been the biggest, and, and yeah, COVID doesn't help. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, but I think that's been the biggest challenge for me. Yeah, uh, during this season of my life, if yeah. you will, that's probably been the biggest challenge. Yeah. yeah. So, how important is regular church attendance to you right now? Mm, I would say very important. Uh, something that I've become aware of over time is that. Uh, God designed us for community. Yep, amen. Okay. Uh, he, desi- he designed our souls to bond with one another. And this, I keep saying this COVID thing, uh, has detracted from that. It's isolated people. And God didn't design us to be isolated. You know, uh, Yeah, that's probably okay. kind of, you know. So you're in your 50s. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that you've begun to think about life's finish line. What do you want your legacy to be here in life? <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's a good question, too, because I... No, no, really, it's because that's something that I... I thought about recently, you know, most of us live only to what our mid to late eighties, if we're lucky. Right. Most of that's the, my dad passed away at 69. Yeah. You know, and it's just something that I've started to think about is like, wow, if I were that worried about it, I would run around fretting because my life's already half over, you know, (laughs) Yeah. But I don't, I mean, I just don't let yeah. it bother me that yeah. much. I'm in a good space. Yeah. I'm going to appreciate that space I'm in and not worry about what might happen tomorrow. Yeah. Because I have no control over that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, my legacy. I would like to, and maybe I'm confusing this, but I would like to be that. Be remembered as someone who genuinely cared about people. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's just I, ones, you know. I agree. I, I'm not really, you know. I don't have to. I don't feel like I have to prove myself to the world or leave some. I have no desire to leave some massive legacy behind. You know. I'm not um, worried about. Physical monuments, it's uh, yeah, my yeah, hope and exactly. legacy. 
will be the relationships that I've had and that people will feel like they were not only loved well, but their life was a little bit better as a result of having me be part of it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yes. That's what I hope. Yeah. 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 Um, bucket list. You got to have a bucket list. I do. What's on your bucket list? I do. All right. <laughs> uh, my bucket list. One thing that I've always, I mean, never since I was a kid, mm-hmm. even, a, even a kid, is visiting Egypt and the Great ah, Pyramids. Wow, cool. Um, I've done it once before, but it's something I would like to be able to make a hobby, and that's jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. Tell you what, I would, next time you do that, let me know. We should get a gang of us <laughs> together and do that. So. I mean, I would love to kind of make that a hobby. Yeah, yeah. Um, bucket list, bucket list. Rob. I got to tell you, my life is pretty good. Yeah, n- you know, nothing wrong I have, with that. Yeah. I have, so there's not a whole lot. Um, I would eventually like to, I don't want to say live in Arizona, but I would eventually like to, for Lori and I to have a small condo there or something yeah. like that. that you cool. know, we could travel back and forth. Um, you know, the number one item on my bucket list? Huh is to create a bucket list. <laughs> I don't have one either. Yeah, and I'm yeah. asking these questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so great. that's the number no, one. Off the I top don't... of my head, those, those are just two things that I can think of. Yeah, off the, yeah. I, For some reason, some silly reason, I don't know what it is or why, but standing at the base of those pyramids mm. would just be phenomenal to yeah. me. I don't know what it is about them, but that to me would just be the bee's knees. Yeah. And yeah, I loved... I've only done it once, but I just got such a huge adrenaline rush out of jumping out of an airplane. I'd like to make that something I could do almost every other weekend if I could, you know. Wow, that would be cool. Okay, so as we begin to wind things down, I've got a couple more questions. First of all, what sort of advice or encouragement would you have for other people in a similar season of life or who have experienced some of the same challenges that you've faced through life? Some of the challenges. Um, rely upon God. Rely upon yeah. God because right. He's big enough to deal yeah. with whatever right. you feel like you can. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's. I'm a simple person. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't have. But that's one thing that you know. Um, I often see people during the day throughout my life. I often see people who just seem so stressed over some of the silliest things. You know, and yeah. it's just like, number one, there's a God out there who's a lot bigger than you are. Why don't yeah. you just give it, to, give it to him yep. and Amen. let him deal with yep. it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you <Right>. know? <laughs> but I think that's probably the, you know. Yeah. Okay, and then in closing, what would you like to say to either the person or the people that you love the most in life? What would you like to say to them? Give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Brent, I want to thank you very much. It's been awesome. Yeah, definitely appreciate this. I'll be a good friend. Appreciate hearing your story. For uh, all my listeners out in Podville, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. You're a very special person out there. I love you dearly. And this has been another episode of Real Friends.